So we've been discussing two verses from the Upadesha Rita by Srila Rupa Goswami, the second and the third verse, and specifically looking at how those verses are dealt with by Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur um, in a series of essays that he wrote, which had been compiled into a book called Bhakti Loka. Those second and third verses from Srila Rupa Goswami's Upadeshamrita, which Bhakti Vinod elaborated upon, uh, deal with items which are unfavorable and items which are favorable to our devotional practice. Now we've covered those items which are unfavorable in the second verse. Achyahara priyasascha prajalpo niyamagraha janasangas chalayamcha sadbir bhaktir vinashati and we proceed now to the third verse utsahan nishcayad daryat tat tat karma pavartanat sangatwagat satovrite sadbir bhaktir prasidyati now in our last discussion we dealt with the first item of the third verse that being uh, utsaha being enthusiastic but not the enthusiasm that's referred to by Srila Vishwanath Thakra Chakravarti in his Madhurya Kadambani Utsaha Mai or that temporary enthusiasm that comes when we first come into the practice of devotional service uh, we're very excited wow this is something I can relate to we finally have enough faith to recognize the significance of acceptance of a guru and acceptance of a practice whereby we can purify ourselves and that enthusiasm may be long or short-lived based on different environmental factors if we're extremely fortunate that enthusiasm can carry through to the enthusiasm that Rupa's presenting at the beginning of this third verse. That enthusiasm which is really meaningful um, in our devotional practice. So we covered most of what that enthusiasm entailed and the way that Bhaktivinoda Thakur dealt with that uh, in our last discussion. And what we saw in the way that Bhakti Vinod dealt with that enthusiasm was it was based upon an enthusiasm generated through a deep understanding of the significance of the practice itself. In other words, engaging in the practice of devotional service under good guidance and with a proper conceptual orientation a proper understanding that this is something that will have a significant effect on my being. So we look at the practice of devotional service and we look at it through the eyes of the acharyas and we see that this has real substance not only are we enthused by the initial contact with somebody that's free from the influence of what is holding us down when we look at the sadhu, the guru and we see something of real spiritual nature there uh, as Guru Maharaj says we may not be able to see God, but if we have some good fortune, we have enough discrimination to be able to see someone who has love of God. So that's a pretty, that's a benediction for us to be able to see that, to have that. Now that's a natural course characteristic of someone who is advanced spiritually. In fact, that's one of the first characteristics that comes uh, at the beginning stage of devotional practice. 
So at the beginning we have two things, right? If we look at devotional service broadly, we have devotional service in practice, devotional service in ecstasy, and devotional service in pure love of God. Now in devotional service in practice, it has two characteristics. One is kleshagna, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, the ropes that bind us to material energy are slackened. Slackened uh, in that uh, we are released gradually from the ignorance that falsely identifies us with Krishna's external energy. And Second of all, the actual results that we experience in relation to his external energy, our sinful activities are diminished. It's like the ropes are being cut that are, that are holding us down. It's quite an amazing thing. So this kashagna constitutes these two components a decrease of ignorance and an actual release from sinful reaction and the other thing is subada and the characteristics of subada one who is engaged in the practice of sadhana bhakti this is at the very beginning he is, first of all, he is, he has some real concern for every living entity. It's not, it's not, it's not just, I should feel this way. He actually has a true affection for every living entity. It's, this is coming to him because that's the nature of our spiritual being. Because he tr has this true affection, this true affection is experienced by the living entities and they're attracted to him. So, that a natural attraction is there to Krishna's devotees in the very beginning. This characteristic is coming. So Subhada has this affection. The living yet is attracted to him. And all the good qualities that are inherent in Krishna's Swarup Shakti. Because now Bhakti is coming to the life of the Jiva. All those qualities that are in the Supreme start to manifest in the devotee of the Supreme. And there's a natural happiness. Subhada. There's a natural happiness in the devotee. This natural characteristic of of the very beginning of devotional service, this at the very beginning of devotional practice, leads to this natural happiness, this automatic affection, this appreciation and the good qualities which are of some, some value. And I think that's very significant. It's a real lesson for us what is really of value in this life? Is it really what we can acquire, what we can exploit, what we can enjoy, or what we can become? What is more valuable? Something that's temporary or something that's lasting? We have to ask ourselves that. What, what am I getting out of devotional service? What is it that this practice is doing to me, for me. Not that we're looking for those things, 
and we'll touch upon that later if we get far that far enough along tonight is people that practice devotional service with some objective other than simply to develop their their loving relationship with the supreme but still there is value in becoming a spiritual entity as opposed to an egocentric material entity. And we should see that those are the things that are significant. True truthfulness, where some can, someone can be truly honest about what is, what is their true nature, what is the true nature of the self, truly honest with the fact that and this is a real shining quality for the devotee willing to be honest with himself and with others as to his position in spiritual life there's no airs about the devotee in fact the more advanced he becomes the more humbler he becomes the more, the more he starts to feel his true loving relationship with Krishna, the less he wants any respect on the material plane. In fact, he runs away from it. Please don't show me this. This will simply interfere with my devotional mood. You praise me and I simply become a fool. He's thinking like this. and That's it, the nature of the material world. So, this kind of well-founded, well-situated, devotional knowledge of the practice of devotional service, this is what Bhaktivinoda Thakur stresses when he talks about enthusiasm a well-grounded enthusiasm, grounded in understanding that if I engage in this practice, if I engage properly, if I situate myself properly, that I have some true prospect. I don't know when I'm going to get there but I'm enthusiastic enough to know that I have full confidence in the words emanating from the lips of the pure devotee he said if you do this for me and Krishna rest assured you will reach the ultimate goal And based on that, enthusiasm is there to engage in the practice. And there's a wealth of transcendental knowledge of so many people before us who have been successful. We look to the Bhagavatam and we see time and again even the most inauspicious of circumstances can lead to the to the greatest outcome. That at the end of life, as an old man with a young child, one can cry out for his child and become fully Krishna conscious. And he's not even calling for God, and he gave up his spiritual life when he was a young man and, and simply ran off with some just to have some nice some nice arrangement through his life so much so that he was enjoying it at the end here comes a little child oh what a, what a or, or here's a man who's it's, a, it's like the lust takes over him to the extent that he has to on this night of all nights, when, when the rain is pounding and the thunder is coming, he has to swim the river and 
and climb over the wall and grab onto the, 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 the snake or whatever just to get to his prostitute. And in a moment's notice, in the blink of an eye, the words from her lips completely transform him. And he's reminded of his spiritual prospect. So this enthusiasm that Bhakti Vinod, the way he puts the enthusiasm is he couches the understanding and he makes enthusiasm in practice he brings forth at the very end of his commentary in this article on this aspect, on this seventh item in the book that he's presenting, which is the first item of things favorable. He says, if you really want to look at it, look at it this way. Enthusiasm is what's required for Shraddha. How's he put it? The other day you said enthusiasm is the life of The life, yes, that's what he says. It's the life, the life, the life blood. It's what gives Shraddha, what gives faith. Its life is enthusiasm. And Shraddha is the beginning. Adao Shraddha Tata Sadhu. It's the beginning of the whole process. When we actually consciously engage. Now there's Ajnata Sukriti and there's some period where we actually do some unconscious engagement where we've been blessed. And then we come to the platform of Shraddha. So, utsaha, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the life of Shraddha. So we're going to move on from enthusiasm and we're going to go to the second item of the third verse of things favorable for devotional practice according to Srila Rupa Goswami and look at it through the eyes of Bhakti Vinod and that is confidence. Nishaya, Nishaya. He begins by saying, Doubtful persons never have auspiciousness. Doubtful persons never have auspiciousness. Doubtful. Then he goes on to explain where we acquire knowledge and what is the foundation for an understanding of knowledge and the inner relationship of things that is makes for the proper approach to devotional life and he takes us to the point of accepting Shastra but we'll discuss some of the other items because there's many approaches that we have when it comes to acceptance of knowledge. What's, what's truth? What's real? What's of significance? We have a lot of ways of, of looking at things and, and determining whether they are of any value. Well, the first is experience. I see it. It has to be real. That's it. I see smoke coming up from the mountain. That means the mountain, although I can't see it, there must be a fire there. Because that's a natural thing from when we look at smoke coming up, there must have been a fire. We rely on that evidence. Well, that's okay 
except what if you're intoxicated? What if your senses aren't working right? What if the smoke is in your eye and it's not out there? Or the smoke is in your mind and it's not out there? So it'll take you so far. It'll take you so far. That's, that's that type of knowledge. But it won't take you all the way. So before he gets into what is the foundation of confidence which one has in the practice of spiritual life as opposed to material life, he touches upon the overall foundation for spiritual understanding. The three overall factors that are involved in spiritual life. The first one being Sambandha. Second one being Abhideya. And the third one, Pryogen. Sambandha is the proper understanding of the interaction of things. Who are we? begins there. What are we doing here? Where we come from? Uh, and understanding what, where we came from, who we are, and what is our relationship with our environment, and is there something beyond this environment? And if there is, what is it? And if there is something beyond this environment, who's in charge of all the environments? Sambanda, once we have foundational knowledge and knowledge of a way of relieving our ignorance and attaining our true spiritual nature, then we engage in practice, Abhideya. But the practice has to be directed at something. Otherwise, where are we going? What are we doing the practice for? Why waste your time if it's what we just want to do it for what? It makes you feel good? Well, that's the same as material life. You, so if there's no focus, if there's no point, so we have to have a goal, Pryogen. So now we look at devotional knowledge, devotional life, and we say, okay, What is the foundation for the knowledge which constitutes Sambandha Gyan, which is the foundation for the understanding of what is the absolute reality, the absolute truth? Well, let's touch upon, first we talked about sensory perception, and in his essay, on uh, Nishchaya Bhaktivinoda Thakur he doesn't get into every single type of knowledge but he touches on a few we touched on the first one Pratyaksha Pratyaksha direct understanding direct perception Anumana he mentions that Hypothetical understanding. This must be this way because that is that way. Or we have a hypothesis as to how things how things are acting because of our direct experience. Based on our direct experience, we go so far as to hypothesize about other experience which may not be direct. And he also mentions upamana. Analogies are the authorities for knowledge. So comparison, by comparing one thing to another, then we, can, we, we arrive at what we think is knowledge. This must be this way because that was that way. And then he dispels all that. He says, but this isn't what Sambandha is based on. 
Sambandagyan is based on a whole other system of acquiring knowledge. It's not based upon anything coming from this plane where we're trying to acquire knowledge with what we have. Good Sambandagyan, the Sambandagyan that constitutes spiritual life is a descending process. And therefore the authority in that knowledge is scripture. And then he brings out a teaching from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, and I'll read you the English. This is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaching Sanatan Goswami. Um, and he says, A conditioned soul cannot revive his Krishna consciousness by his own effort. So we just talked about acquiring knowledge by our own effort through our senses, through a hypothesis, and there's many of those ways of acquiring knowledge. But out of causeless mercy. Just by causeless mercy. Lord Krishna compiled the Vedic literature, literature and it supplements the Puranas. The Vedic literatures give information about the living entity's eternal relationship with Krishna, which is called Sambandha. The living entity's understanding of this relationship and acting accordingly is called Abhideya. Returning home back to Godhead is the ultimate goal of life and is called Prayojan. Devotional service or sense activity for the satisfaction of the Lord is called Abhideya because it can develop one's original love of Godhead, which is the goal of life. This goal is the living entity's topmost interest and greatest wealth. Thus one attains the platform of transcendental loving service unto the Lord. So, we've come to the knowledge that supports Sambandha Gyan. Amnaya, scriptural, we rely on scripture. Well, there's so many scriptures, my gosh. Which one do we only rely on? I mean, the Vedas. I mean, look at the Mahavaya. I mean, there's just so many Puranas. How do we know what, what to take? How do we know which scriptures to follow? So it has to be more than just the scriptures. The scriptures have to be assisted. And that's where the sadhu comes in. And we look to that and we have such evidence, such, such glaring examples of how significant it is to have someone who himself has realized the conclusions of the scriptures become a scriptural genius even if he doesn't know any verses because why? He knows the conclusion. We're reminded of the South Indian Brahmin. Sri Chaitanya is traveling spreading the holy name after he take, took sannyas. And he goes to one village and in this village there's a, there is a devotee and the devotee is, is in the middle is in the village and he's studying Bhagavad Gita. Because his spiritual master said, this book, you study this book, every day you read this book, your life will become perfect. He was illiterate. He didn't know how to read. But he knew, he, he knew how to follow an instruction as best that he could. Even though he couldn't follow it perfectly, he did the best that he could. And guess what? His best was good enough. Because when Lord Chaitanya met this devotee, and he saw that the people in the village ridiculed him, 
what do you do? It's, it's, you go out every day, you sit down, you can't even read, but you turn the pages. Sometimes you you mumble something that you could think you're reading, but if we hear you, we know you don't even know what that how to how to form the sentences that are in that are that are there. You're simply a fool. You have a guru. He told you to read a book, and you forgot to tell him you were illiterate, so that he could give you some service you could do. Instead, you thought, well, his instruction in and of itself is powerful enough to give me some spiritual perfection. So I'll do the best I can. So Lord Chaitanya, he he sees this devotee, and he he sees. You can't read. You're illiterate. He said, no, but I understand that, but still I must follow the instruction of my spiritual master. Well, you can't read, but I notice there's tears pouring from your eyes. What is it? Why? You're not reading. You're not understanding what's being said, the discourse here, but the tears, they're coming. What is the source of this emotion? This spiritual emotion your experience is is coming from where? Your heart is melting. Why? Whose heart would not melt? Here is God, the Supreme Lord, who has become the charioteer of his devotee. He's lowered himself this much to show his love for those that love him. Who would not cry incessantly understanding this Lord? Lord Chaitanya said, well, you may be illiterate, but you are the best scholar on Bhagavad Gita that I have ever come across. So we have the guru gets us in touch with the scripture. This evidence, Amnaya, is the evidence which is the foundation for Sambandagyan. Bhaktivinoda goes on to explain the nature of the evidence. And he says that we'll find in this Amnaya, scriptural evidence, ten realities which are brought out by the, the bhaktas. Of all the scriptures, if you accept this line of the Vaishnav culture and the Vaishnav way of looking at the scripture, which is based upon developing love in the highest order on the spiritual level, then these are the realities that will nurture, that will be the foundation of your practice. So this is the Sambandagyan that you will receive. And he explains these things. And we'll review them quickly, not in depth. The first one, the first reality that we receive from the Vedic literatures, which are coming from the Lord, which aren't coming, they're descending. This is not the ascending process that we're engaged in. So our knowledge is descending, and the first reality available through the scriptures as delivered by the pure devotee, our spiritual master, who's making these scriptures available through his eyes, more through his heart. The Supreme Brahman, Sri Hari, is the only worshipable Lord. First reality. Second reality, the Supreme Lord has unlimited potencies. So there is one supreme personality, 
Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam, and he has unlimited potencies, Parashya Saktir Vividai Vasuryate. Unlimited potencies. And that supreme personality is full of the third reality, unlimited rasa, unlimited taste in spiritual love. The fourth, we, the jivatma, are an infinitesimal particle of the Supreme Lord's spiritual nature. So we're not of the material world. The living entities, part of that understanding of the infinitesimal nature of the living entity is the living entities fall into two categories. Eternally conditioned, Nichibada, and eternally liberated, Nichibukta. The fifth reality, the living entities who are looking for their own pleasure except maya as their source of enjoyment. And the sixth, the Lord, his various energies are there. The first reality, the second reality. Now, in the sixth reality, the Lord is there. His energies are coming from him. He has unlimited ones. He's simultaneously distinct from those energies, from that manifestations, all those various manifestations, primarily the spiritual realm, the material realm, the intermediate realm, the jivatma, Achinta Beta Beta Tattva, the sixth reality. The seventh reality is through self-realization based upon Amnaya, knowledge which is coming from the scripture, it may be understood that the living entity can obtain proper sambandhagyan. So the first eight constitute what is understood as the foundation of the reality of the existence of someone striving for self-realization for spiritual knowledge the, the understanding of oneself and the Supreme Lord Sambandha Gyan the practice based upon that knowledge is the ninth Abhideya Eight is understanding that the the prior seven constitute sambandhagyan. Understanding that those prior seven constitute what is understood as the foundational knowledge necessary for spiritual realization. The ninth is engagement in a process whereby that knowledge is practically applied towards the ultimate goal, which is the tenth, Prayojan. The tenth being, again, revi well, reviving, not reviving, acquiring a relationship with the Supreme. Not reviving. But we won't go there right now. That's another class. We're 20. 
So that practice, if we look at the practice, he, he elaborates a little bit, Bhaktivedanta, on the practice, explaining that it's, it's engaged in, the Abhideya is engaged in in two different ways, Vaidhi Bhakti and Raganuga Bhakti. Those two ways come together at Reiti, Reiti which we know as also Baba. Yes. So whether you whether what fuels your initial practice is just spiritual regulation because you don't have a rag, a taste, uh, just to engage spontaneously in, in, in the practice. That's Vaidhi Bhakti, the carrot and the stick, as we said, of, of spiritual uh, dictate. Now, in the in in our Srila Rupa Goswami in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu talks of a Raganuga Bhakti, which is fueled. It it doesn't have the rag. It's called a jata ruchi. It's without the taste of rag, but because the direction is coming from the the raganuga, who's following the rigatmika on the transcendental plane, because that is the sangha, then that is a type of raganuga bhakti. So not all the rules and regulations as laid out in the scriptures which constitute what's technically the technical aspects of all the technical aspects of Raghun, of Vaidhi Bhakti may, may not be given to the sadhaka who is under the direction of of, of someone who's whose intent who's setting the foundation for their disciple in on the Raganuga plane is that understood so all the technical things he may say no we don't need to do this like that no you concentrate on this whereas if we went just by the scriptural regulation we'd have to follow a lot more details so he takes the essence of what's in the Vaidhi path, understanding that the rog may not yet be there in his disciple, but he takes the essence to nurture the rog as to the utmost throughout their practice during sadhana. Sadhana bhakti. According to the statements of Anaya, the tenth truth principle is prem. That is our goal. Prem being wanting to love the Lord unconditionally. Now what I did find interesting, and we'll close with this, uh, because it's good to see how all the pieces fit together. It's 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 truly just amazing to see that there is it's not it's not just random there is some real rhyme and reason to what's being presented and the conclusions are there in all the presentations so he brings that out in his his essay on this item by giving as the source the foundation of Rupa Goswami's central verse of progressive devotional stages Adao Shraddha Sadhu Sangotha Bhajana Kriya now we know there is a foundation for that verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam Right? In those verses from the first canto, 
second chapter. So, but there all those verses were also discussed, not referenced to the Srimad Bhagavatam, but in the discussion between Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Saratan Goswami, which are related in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the twenty-third chapter. So it's it's these verses nine to thirteen lay out the same progressive stages. I'll read the English translation. If by good fortune <coughs> Konabagye Kanojivera Shraddha Yadi Haya Tabise Jiva Sadhu Sange Ye Karaya if by good fortune a living entity develops faith in Krishna, he begins to associate with devotees. This is Lord Chaitanya speaking to Sanatana Goswami. When one is encouraged in devotional service by that association with devotees, one becomes free from all unwanted contamination by following the regulative principles and chanting and hearing. He goes on, Anartha nivritti haili, haili, bhakja nistahaya, nistahaiti, shravanadje, rupi, ruchi, upajaya. When one is freed from all unwanted contamination, he advances with firm faith. <coughs> when firm faith and devotional service awakens, a taste for hearing and chanting also awakens. After taste is awakened, a deep attachment arises, and from that attachment, the seed of love of God grows in the heart. When that ecstatic emotion, emotional state intensifies, it is called love of Godhead. Such love is life's ultimate goal and the reservoir of all pleasure. Rupa's older brother must uh, must have said, Lord Chaitanya told me this. And he recited these verses, and Rupa said, oh, let me write those down. Those are pretty nice. Let me put them in Sanskrit. Adao shradhata sadhu sangotha bhajanakriya. And then we have those two verses from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which are the foundation for Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's Madhurya Kadambani, which we just studied from the beginning to the end. And it's all right here. It all comes together. The pieces all fit together. We do go through stages of advancement. Bhaktivinoda closes the essay with this following caution. This caution is really appropriate uh, to circumstances uh, being currently experienced. Listen closely and you'll understand what I mean. Those who have doubts in these ten principal teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are not qualified for devotional service. When doubts arise, one's devotional service becomes corrupted. Desires are polluted and wanted results are achieved and thus everything is ruined. Therefore, those who have a desire for pure devotional service should perform devotional service with firm confidence. What's confidence? Confidence is knowing that we don't depend on anything coming from this plane. We're not depending on our minds. We're not depending on... We're depending. Our whole practice is a descending process coming directly from the Supreme down through disciplic succession. That is the path we follow. It is extremely well lit, fully illuminated. There's no dark alleys. There's no confusion there's no miscellaneous books popping up that completely throw us off. We follow, under good guidance, an illuminated path which is coming directly from the Supreme. That's devotional service. And once we 
lose confidence in that simple principle of descending knowledge, which is the basis of some bandhagyan, which we've discussed tonight, then we can wreak havoc to our spiritual lives. We have to take great care. I'll stop there. Any questions? Can I hear that warning again? <laughs> Absolutely. Those who have doubts in these ten principal teachings of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are not qualified for devotional service. What are the ten teachings? There's the eight foundational ones that const up through Sambandhagyan that there is a Supreme Lord, that He has various energies, that there are living entities, that the living entities are His parts and parcels, that the Lord is so powerful and His potencies are so wonderful, but He's also very mysterious. So, even though he's the source of all these powers and they could not exist without being him, they're separate from him. These ten principles, this constitutes what is Sambandagyan. So, Bhaktivinoda says here at the end of Nishchaya, Nishchayad, having confidence, having confidence real is having confidence in this descending process. Those who have doubts in these ten principles that are descending are not qualified for devotional service. When these doubts arise, one's devotional service becomes corrupted. Desires are polluted and wanted results are achieved and thus everything is ruined. Therefore, those who have a desire for pure devotional service should perform it with firm confidence. Confidence. We have a firm foundation. Let's never let go of the foundation that it constitutes the, the Sambandhagyan which allows us to engage in a process that will ultimately give us perfection and spiritual realization. Seems like a big snowball. You know, it gets bigger and bigger. Yes, and then the fireworks go off. <laughs> the emotional fireworks of falling in love with Krishna. Like we want those fireworks. Thank you so much for your association. Hare Krishna.